guys, and welcome back to the Rare Wellness Podcast, the podcast designed to help you heal holistically and give you the tools that you need to thrive. We're making it easy to understand medicine and wellness with practical steps from the experts, one podcast at a time. The only thing we ask is that if this podcast helps you live just a little bit better and more aligned, that you'll leave us a review and share it with a friend so that we can continue to provide you with free, valuable knowledge from the experts. Today, I'm really excited about our conversation because it's something that I feel like is not talked about enough. Um, we're going to talk about the true cost of traditional healthcare and why that dreaded hospital bill isn't the only factor that you should worry about when you're deciding what route to go. We're gonna be interviewing Dr. Grattan and getting to the core of what people are really paying, the real cost of healthcare. We're gonna go beyond just the big numbers on your hospital bill. It's about everything from insurance premiums to the time you have to take off work, deductibles and more. We're gonna talk about solutions, alternative treatments like regenerative medicine and new approaches that could save us money even if they seem pricier at first glance. So sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. It's going to be a good chat, and I promise you're going to walk away with some food for thought. So I want to introduce our guest today, Dr. Grattan. He is double board certified in pain management and physical medicine and rehabilitation. He graduated and trained at Loma Linda University. He's been in the practice for over 15 years, and he recently opened the Vancouver, Washington branch of Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Dr. Grattan, welcome to the Rare Wellness Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. So I'm really excited about today's conversation. For those of us who get injured quite a bit, like myself, this is something that really affects us. I paid so much for hospital bills last year. I had wrist surgery, tore my labrum, so many things going on. Uh, healthcare is expensive. I paid so much money on hospital bills last year. Um, so I'm really excited just to talk about this topic. Let's go into an overview of healthcare expenses. Can you talk about the typical healthcare expenses faced by the average family, including annual pre premiums, deductibles, and how do these costs typically impact access to necessary treatments that people have? Yeah, certainly. It is quite expensive. Uh, the average American family's um, healthcare bill is about $22,500. Um, most that of that, so though, much. we don't actually recognize because the employer um, pays for the majority of that. Now, I myself an employer, and I don't particularly care uh, what my employees spend their money on. So it, I would be just as happy to give them that money directly. Uh, of course, the tax code um, allows businesses to write off the uh, health insurance, and individuals are not able to write off health insurance if they um, uh, pay directly for their own. And so that is a big advantage for receiving your health care through the employer. Um, unfortunately, that has consequences. And some of the biggest consequences is that um, the insurance companies tend to have a fairly short-term view uh, because the average uh, family has their health insurance for about three years. So, uh, yeah, insurance companies are only interested in three years of care. Uh, anything that they can push off, um, anything that they can, yeah, well, I don't know if this is um, actually in their their corporate plan, but it feels like any time that, you know, big expense comes up and you are uh, asking for a bit, 
you know, they try to be more and more annoying. So you go find uh, someone else. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so you're not really attached uh, to your health insurance like you are to like your life insurance or car insurance. You know, how long have you had your car insurance? Probably quite a while because you don't really think about mm-hmm. it. Life insurance is your guarantee for life. That's that's the purpose of the life insurance. So the um, big databases of figuring out expenses are um, much easier to do with life insurance. They have things called actuarial tables. And, oh, you're this old, you have this many problems. Okay, well, this is how much it's going to cost for us to um, have a reasonable likelihood of making money off of this person. So um, health insurance is uh, a different animal. Um, It's highly regulated in the United States. It's kind of a a controlled system as opposed to a um, directly paid by the government, um, which would, you know, some people would call if it was directly paid by the government socialized medicine. Um, most countries don't actually have socialized medicine except for like um, uh, Great Britain, um, mm-hmm. where they have their national health service and you can't actually get any care outside of their national health service. Or Canada, you know, our neighbors to the north, um, they put a lot of restrictions on the care that you can actually pay for yourself, which is why a lot of Canadians are actually coming down here for these regenerative procedures and just treatment in general. You have to wait months and months to get MRIs and mm-hmm. things like that. We've all heard the, the horror stories. Um, but uh, other countries uh, will have kind of a, a base minimum of care. So because of how the system is set up, how does getting your insur- insurance covered by work impact like your access to necessary treatments? That's a good question. Um, You know, with the insurance companies having a fairly short-term outlook on care, um, they de-emphasize a lot of the preventative care um, and try to offload any uh, long-term care to, you know, try to push it off as long as they can. Um, and uh, not have uh, approved treatments um, that may eventually save money uh, because, you know, if you can do, you know, a stem cell or platelet treatment for knee arthritis and, you know, five, 10 years down the road, the person would normally be getting a knee replacement if they hadn't had that and now they don't need one, you know, that's no advantage to the uh, insurance company. The person's probably off their rolls or now off on to uh, Medicare. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Premium Center for Regenerative Medicine and Stem Cell Therapy in the Northwest. Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Get back to the activities that you love without needing surgery. You can book your appointment at nwc4rm.com. Again, that's nwc4rm.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness Supplements. You can head over to rareplanethealth.com to get your supplements. My personal favorite is the premium fish oil filled with omega-3s. Again, you can go to rareplanethealth.com and get the supplements that you most need to support your health and wellness today. 
Lastly, this podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness. Rare Wellness is located on the South Hill in Spokane and is one center that provides all the wellness tools that you could need. Whether you're looking for a hands-on premium intimate yoga studio with a therapeutic emphasis, bar classes, Tai Chi classes, if you're looking for skincare treatments, injectable, hydrofacial, microneedling, organic spa treatments, if you're wanting to get therapeutic massage or book functional medicine appointments to get down to the root cause of your inflammation, Rare Wellness is the place for you. Whatever your wellness needs are, they have it covered. So to book your appointment today, go to rarewellness.com. Again, go to rarewellness.com and mention this podcast for 10% off when you're booking. Okay, time to get back to the episode. So unlike the life insurance and other things that you were saying, some of these insurance plans aren't really looking to get you to your optimal healthy estate is what I'm hearing. Right. It's, it's more about how much money can you save and not how can we get you to your most functioning level. There's, there's no real advantage to them getting you healthy for anything more than three to five years. Um, and, you know, most people living to 75 to 80, um, you're now going to go on to uh, Medicare before you really have those major uh, expenses Health that problems. kick in. The vast majority of healthcare expenses uh, happen in the last decade of our lives. So with the various requirements that are now coming down on life insurance, I'm sorry, with the various requirements that are now coming down on health insurance um, of having to cover multiple different, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions, uh, multiple different treatment modalities that are um, kind of coming down from government mandates, um, it has ramped up their expenses, and of course, they're going to pass that on to us. Um, additionally, uh, the government has basically outlawed some of their main uh, competition for the young and healthy, which was, were high deductible plans. Um, it used to be that you could get a, a high deductible plan that, you know, the deductible kicked in after $10,000, and it was quite inexpensive because all they covered was you know, hospital care um, and rehabilitation for major illnesses and injuries. So that's a pretty low likelihood uh, scenario. And so the, uh, the the plans were, you know, 100 bucks a month or something like that, maybe 50 bucks a mm -hmm. month for someone young and healthy. Well, now, since they are insurance, even the high deductible plans are now forced to cover all treatment options that all the other insurances. Um, and uh, so there's, there aren't really any more high deductible plans and the normal insurance companies have now filled that gap by raising the deductible. I mean, deductible, the average deductible now for a family, hold on a sec, I wrote it down here, uh, 3,800 bucks, $3,800 a year. Crazy. And yeah. it rolls over. That's what I. Next year. That's that's what I paid last year. It's crazy. Yeah. So I and, mean, it, it's uh, you're no longer really getting uh, the vast majority of people uh, don't really get through that deductible. Aren't really using their insurance, and so that twenty two thousand five hundred. I oftentimes think of it as kind of a sunk cost. Um, in 
uh, or just like a, a fixed cost, if, like for a business, uh, you're not getting away from it. Uh, it's just there. It's not really uh, gaining you any income. It's not really all that useful. It's just something that is there. Do you think that those high deductibles are impacting people's access to the treatments that they need? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, uh, I, when I, so going back a little bit on my story, um, for 15 years, I did the standard insurance model. I was uh, a pain management physician doing injections, um, zapping nerves, putting in stimulators, getting rid of people's pain, having all sorts of fun, helping people out. It then became with these different deductibles after the Affordable Care Act came in and they just kept, the deductibles kept coming up and up that um, people just stopped getting as many injections um, and were just trying to hold off as long as they could. And then they would have a, a worsening of their condition and going to need a surgery. Well, they're surgery, they have the same out-of-pocket deductible. Um, and so they ended up having a much more uh, dangerous procedure, um, much longer out, much longer uh, uh, recovery course, um, much higher rates of infection and, and all sorts of problems because, you know, people were kind of uh, tricked into this scenario where, well, if it's not bad enough, I don't really want to pay for it because maybe I won't hit my deductible this year. I'll just avoid these you know, preventative things that are coming out of my pocket. And if it gets bad enough, I'll have surgery. Well, and this, this, this goes right back to what you were saying earlier about um, it may seem more expensive at the beginning to pay for this, some of those preventative treatments. But in the long run, it saves you money in comparison to having to get that surgery. And the way the whole system is set up is just creating more opportunities for people to get worse conditions is what I'm hearing you say. Right. So the uh, company that I'm affiliated with is uh, Regenix. And Regenix is the largest and oldest um, provider of orthobiologic treatments, stem cells, platelet-rich mm -hmm. plasma in the United States. And um, they've now started partnering with a lot of um, self-insured companies um, mm -hmm. where uh, the company is large enough that they just have built into their own system uh, health insurance. And a lot of those companies, since they're um, working with their employees for much longer, have a much longer outlook uh, and want their employees to be um, out and working as much as they can without these long breaks for recovery of surgery. Uh, they just looked at the numbers and said, oh, this makes a lot of sense and we're going to start covering it. So let's let's dive into this a little bit. Can you compare and kind of explain to people, because you, you mentioned before that your practice used to deal with like traditional pain management. Mm -hmm. um, and then now we've brought up some alternative models. I mean, for our listeners listening, we've had a podcast about regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy, but there's alternative models to traditional healthcare. What are some of those like preventative care, other healthcare systems, and what are the cost differences between those two? Yeah. So um, when I 
stopped being a physician that was an employee um, and working for a clinic um, and went out on my own to do regenerative uh, treatments and uh, private pay, direct patient care. Um, I started looking at my own options. Uh, insurance was going to be right around that $2,200, $2,400 a month. Um, and so I signed up with a health share. And uh, that's not a traditional insurance. Um, that is a uh, kind of a collective of people uh, that will, you know, pay each other's bills as they come up. Um, and um, that costs about a thousand dollars a month. So about fifty percent difference. Um, so now I have ten thousand dollars a year that I have budgeted for just improving my health. When you say improving your health, do you mean that this money is not just for like emergency procedures? Is it also for optimizing your health in your life, preventing it? Right. Well, I'm just counting that because that's money in my pocket. I don't have to pay anybody that. Um, so right. I just mentally, I could, you know, spend that on vacations or whatnot. But, you know, I see that mm -hmm. as uh, an excuse to, I try to improve my health as much as I can to have that good health span and not just a lifespan, but a health span where I'm healthy and active uh, into my later years. Um, so I've had uh, you know, multiple regenerative treatments. Um, my, uh, you know, just one in each area, fortunately, because they work, they worked on me and everybody's results vary. There's no guarantees. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I had my first when I herniated my C6-7 disc and went to the left side. My left arm started to go numb and weak, and I do procedures all the time. So my hands are extremely important. So I was going to have a surgery. Um, and Dr. Lewis at uh, North, uh, Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine, Spokane, um, he said, no, 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 come on up. I'm doing these regenerative treatments. And I had just heard a bit about it. I didn't really know that the depth of the research and the improvements that they had made in concentrating the, the healing factors. Um, so I said, sure, yeah, why not? He's, you know, one of my best friends. And so he cut me a good deal. And um, uh, he gave me some shots and I didn't need surgery. I fixed it. Arm woke up strong again. Same strength as uh, uh, pre, and that was uh, uh, classified on the MRI as severe nerve root compression um, that I've been treating for, you know, other, and other people for 15 years with, you know, a couple steroid shots. If that didn't work, then off to the surgeon you go. And I had the steroid shot, didn't work. I was off to the surgeon. Well, not so fast, says Dr. Lewis. I can fix you. <laughs> That's incredible. Like that, um, that for people listening, um, we're going to do a podcast on this coming up, but I also just, uh, got treated by Dr. Lewis for my shoulder. And that gives me, it was literally three days ago. So hearing that is really exciting. And, um, when I guess when that happened for you, were you already practicing Regenix at that point? Or was that your introduction and your inspiration for, wow, this worked on me. And I've been giving all these traditional treatments to my patients. Yeah, that was my, my wake up call. And then I started looking into it. And then I uh, quit my traditional practice and started my own regenerative treatment. 
Were you surprised when it worked initially? Uh, I was surprised it worked as well as it did. It, it takes a while. Um, yeah. Well, just like anything, you know, uh, if I had had surgery, I, I would have, you know, been sore for a month or so. And, you know, if I had had, so there's a couple different options for surgery. You can try a minimally invasive surgery where you leave the disc alone and you just try to go in and nibble out that part that's pushing on the nerve. Um, slightly higher risk of nerve injury because you have to actually mess around, sneak around the nerve. Mm -hmm. And you come from the back and you drill through the bone in the back of your neck and then scoop out that little disc. Or you can go in from the front. And even though that sounds scarier, that's actually been around for much longer. And they go in from the front, take the disc out, and then fuse it. And that's the classic. Okay. Um, and the problem with that, uh, that I knew would happen if I had a fusion, was that then that your neck doesn't move in the same normal way. And now there's more pressure on the disc above and the disc below. And so those discs, five, 10 years down the road would eventually go bad. And then I'd be right back in the situation. I've had, you know, patients, I've yeah. seen that happen. And all the studies show that that's what happens. We call it adjacent segment disease. So mm -hmm. um, to have my disc, um, you know, heal up and look better on the MRI uh, after mm -hmm. the regenerative treatment was you know, fairly shocking because discs only go in one direction. They get worse, at least in, in my. Everything you've known in the past. Right. Yeah. It's just, yep, you're getting old. It's just, it. you know, I'm almost 50 and oh. it's just like, well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the time. Got it on my little watch. Uh, mid forties, early fifties, you start herniating discs. The amount of risk that you mitigate. I mean, it's such like, what's the worst thing that happens? It doesn't heal as much as you want it to. And, and in this situation, it did. It's like, when you, what's your alternative? When you go into surgery, that's like weeks, months that you're out, right? So when we're talking about Much higher rate of infection. I mean, you're never a zero risk. I mean, there's always, you know, you, you stick a needle in somebody, there's always potentially going to be a risk of you know, bleeding, infection, things like that. But relative... Right. A needle relative to an incision with stitches, you know, that's that's so much more likely. I, you know, I've done about a, a, a thousand injections a year for the past 15 years. I've never seen an infection from a needle poke. I'm sure it's happened at some point on somebody, but, you know, that's pretty typical of all the other pain physicians. I mean, we just don't see infections from needle pokes uh, with the exception of discs discs are kind of um, um uh, a little more sensitive to infection because they don't have blood flow but even that's like half a percent one percent risk if you go into the disc whereas almost every surgery you know one to two percent risk of an infection so right. the risk profile is vastly different so since we've been talking about regenerative medicine some can we compare and contrast really quickly Regenerative procedures versus traditional surgery, when we've already started doing, but mm -hmm. how does regenerative procedures compare to traditional surgeries in terms of their cost, their outcomes, and then particularly with like upfront expenses, long-term mm -hmm. savings, and then effectiveness of them? Right. So um, just like in any 
kind of, um, you know, investment. If you want to invest in your own health and your future, you have the direct cost and then you have the opportunity cost. And so just keep that in mind as we're kind of talking about these things. Um, because oftentimes people think of stem cell treatments, regenerative treatments. Oh, that's for the, you know, the Tony Robbins. The, the, uh, it's for all the football players. And, you know, you, you have to be rich to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, being rich helps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure it does. But, um, you know, it, you can also look at it as, uh, you know, cost and time savings, uh, even for uh, middle or low income people. Uh, because remember that $3,800 deductible is staring at you at the face, staring at you in the face. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not something insurance is going to pay. There's also um, co-payments. And now they even have something called co-insurance, which I have no idea what it is. It's just something that people have to pay. Um, so they just added another word in there. And, and you know, so now every time you go to the physical therapist after a surgery, every brace that you get, um, you know, uh, every follow-up visit. Uh, you, you're paying for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it just nickels and dimes you away. Uh, so the regenerative treatments are uh, certainly expensive and they should be. Uh, if someone is offering you a really inexpensive regenerative treatment, they're probably not doing it right. It takes uh, quality lab, quality lab techs, um, and quality physicians that do the injections in multiple different areas of the whole problem um, so that you're addressing the various elements that caused that problem to begin with. So the stability of the joint, the, the how the joint itself looks, the articulation, uh, the nerves that are going to that area, and the symmetry. How does it compare one side to the other? If you just have one knee that hurts, well, there's there's something that's going on that's causing that whole system to go bad. And so if you just go in and you get somebody says, Hey, we got this great shot, single shot. It's going to make you feel great. And it's, uh, you know, uh, only thousand bucks or $2,000. Well, you know, it might work, but, uh, you know, yeah. there's a big study that came out showing that, um, platelet rich plasma injections, we're no more effective than placebo. And here I am telling you that they're more effective than placebo. How can that be? Well, because it was the average provider with, um, in, in that study, they didn't have any controls for how concentrated, what the cell counts were, um, what system they used. Did they just use a, a desktop centrifuge? Um, so if you have a poorly controlled study like that, where you just take all comers that say that they're doing platelet-rich plasma injections, then you're not going to get very good results. And that is, if you're not measuring those things, what are you measuring? Right. Like that is the, the entire point of the treatment. So man, um, but going back, I wanted to touch really quickly on the money thing, uh, the money piece of what you were sharing. I think this goes for, especially for our listeners, we're, we'll have to do another episode on this um, separate topic sometime, but I think people have a fear, not just in this area, but they're afraid of investing the proper amount that that is necessary to get results in life in general, right? Like it's for, forget healthcare for a second, but if you're looking to invest in a mentor, you're going to get 
what you're going to pay for. If you're investing in a coach for your career, or you're paying for a certain level of education, like things that are expensive, generally it's expensive because it produces result. Obviously you have to do your research. There's always, there's always exceptions, right? But um, it, throughout this conversation, all that I keep hearing and learning from what you're saying is, okay, if I'm going to pay more for results now, I need to think that in cost-wise, it's more than just that initial investment. It's saving me money down the line from things that I would have to pay otherwise. My point with this being is that I think, and again, this is a separate conversation for another time, but uh, your mindset around money might be what's keeping you sick, poor, hurting, whatever it is, because you're not willing to take the proper investments, whether it's for your health, whether it's for your career, whether it's for your finances, to right. really be able to take you to that next level. And I think that kind of applies universally. universally. So, well, let's just take a, a condition that pretty much everybody is eventually going to have, and that's a, a meniscal tear. And so you can tear your meniscus in the knee, um, if you're a, an athlete and it tears all at once, or over time, eventually the meniscus wears out. And what the meniscus is, it's the little cup that holds your uh, knee bones together. Mm -hmm. And um, when that starts to tear, it starts to flap around and then the knee joint gets stuck. And so it locks, mm -hmm. it hurts, it swells. And the traditional treatment for that is to surgically go in and shave it off. It's called a meniscectomy uh, or meniscus surgery. They can do it arthroscopically and they just go in and they shave that meniscus so it doesn't catch anymore. If it doesn't catch anymore, then it doesn't hurt. The problem is, is that, you know, we have a reason that we have that meniscus. It is a, a little circle that holds things into place so when it comes down, it spreads and gives a little bit of cushion, a little extra cushion. And so if you have a meniscectomy, you will have arthritis much sooner. That knee is going to wear out. You're going to need a knee replacement. Um, it, you know, they've, you know, fortunately, surgeons are really starting to get away from the standard meniscus surgery. Um, but let's say that you go ahead and have a meniscus surgery. You know, what does that look like versus a regenerative treatment? Um, let me just share my screen here for a sec. Let me see if I can. All right. So this is the um, Regenix uh, webpage, which is very good if you want to go and you want to see outcomes of different mm -hmm. surgeries. Your neck is hurting, your back is hurting, your ankle is hurting. Uh, you know, they have these. Regenix is unique in that it has large databases of years of patients and patient outcomes. Um, and so you can see, okay, well, if I have this treatment, you know, what's my expected outcome? Um, and they also have this kind of broken down here. Uh, so uh, if you have a meniscal tear that you get treated with Regenix, uh, you know, two to five days, you're a bit sore. Uh, you said you had yours three days ago for your labral tear, correct? I feel great. Yeah. yeah. Three days ago, 24 hours after I was feeling great. Yeah. So, I mean, you really want to get it deep into that meniscus. So sometimes it's a little flared up and sore for a couple of days. Um, but, you know, if you have a desk job, you can go back to that. Um, 
And if you have a little bit more active job, if you have a really heavy job, you should probably wait three to six months and use a brace for that initial six weeks with physical therapy to make sure that you're not putting too much stress on that area and it's actually healing up. But with surgery, you know, six weeks, sometimes people are, are uh, you know, out of work for that entire time if they have to do walking because you're using crutches, using crutches and a brace, um, physical therapy, three to six months. Yeah, it's tough to drive because you have to wear that brace all the time. Uh, you know, you're not going back to any sports or heavy work for a year. Um, the surgery itself is more dangerous because typically you need general anesthesia. Most surgeries, the, the risks is really in the anesthesia. I mean, they're trying to put you to sleep, but still, you know, trying to get you. So you're laying there just like you're dead, but not actually make you dead. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, they're getting good at it, but still, yeah. if you don't need to do it, you know. Uh, Why put yourself through that right. risk if it's not necessary? And the big thing is right. you get to keep your meniscus and it's a healthy meniscus. Um, and it's, right. And so because... you're, you're not going to have that long-term risk of, of uh, knee problems. Um, mm -hmm. And let's just look at some happy little before and after. <laughs> On one side, uh, uh, you can see that that little... Uh, black uh, teardrop looking thing and over on the other side it's just a, a big old mess it needs to that black mm -hmm. is a very dense cartilage and then you can bring this little guy over here and you see that that denseness starts to return starts to look like uh, a nice happy meniscus whereas with a, uh, a meniscectomy you're just taking that out and you lose all that cushion. You can you can even see in that knee how how much cushion that's providing you. Um, so if you you know calculate out the uh, time as well that you would be out of work, uh, you know that's that opportunity cost that I was talking about. You know some people have some disability insurance, uh, some people don't. If you got a bunch of paid time off built up and you want to use that for your surgery, you know, I, I, I guess it's not going to impact your finances that much, but wouldn't you rather use that paid time off to, you know, go on a vacation? <laughs> I mean, uh, Absolutely. It, yeah. it's, you know, uh, you know, time is money. Your time is valuable. Um, and, you know, the, the outcomes that you can achieve in the long run are, are impressive uh, without having to have that, that both that downtime and the risks of of needing future joint replacement, whether it's the knee, the shoulder, the ankle. If you uh, hadn't, you know, if if you leave your labral tear just going back to you, and you don't heal that up, or you have a surgery where they go in and they tack it down, they put that screw in there, that's going to affect how that joint moves. You're going to be more likely to have adhesive capsulitis. You're going to be more likely to. Uh, for that anchor to, to cause problems of the joint itself. Um, and you're young. You know, why not just heal it? And I know I'm going to oversimplify this, <laughs> but as someone who is not a medical doctor, to me, uh, because I've had multiple surgeries before, I had one on my ACL when I was younger, I've had mm -hmm. surgery on bone in my wrist. To me, the concept that I just got, because I'm a very active person, I, I do a lot of extreme sports. I snowboard, I skydive, I do all sorts of things. And when they told me, 
when they told me that when I went to the surgeon and he told me that I needed to get surgery for my shoulder, he told me three things. He told me one, my shoulder would probably never be the same again. Uh, Second thing he told me was that uh, I would be out for six to eight months, which is awful, and that I would have a sling for the first six months and I would not be able to use my right arm, which is my dominant hand. I need it to work. I needed to live. I needed to do my activities. I'm moving later this year. Like, how would I do any of that with only one arm? So this is drastically oversimplifying it. But the idea that I just got my shoulder injected in place of surgery and I'm able to move, I'm able to type, I'm not in a sling. And it's just like magically healing itself (laughs) over the next six to eight weeks, which I know there's like, it's it's so much more complicated that, but as the person receiving the treatment, it just feels unreal that this is an option. I I know that's overly simplified, but it, it really does feel just like you're living your life and it's magically getting better as you're going about it. And that's not even talking about the mental health effects of if you're someone who's very, very active, not being able to do any sort of movement for quite a while can have very hard effects on your identity or your day-to-day living. And so I just, I wish I would have known about Regenics sooner. Yeah, that's certainly understandable. I mean, as you were saying that, you know, ACL tear, wrist problems, I mean, you're like, oh, those could have been treated. <laughs> I mean, not, I know. And a fully retracted ACL tear does need to still have surgery. Um, but even you know, uh, a complete non-retracted tear, they're getting really good results with the, the bone marrow aspirate. And, um, and uh, so it, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, changed you know, my treatment paradigm. You know, my also, yeah. you know, what I um, am actively treating, you know, it, it used to be you know, I grew up on a farm in Iowa. I mean, it's just kind of like a grin and bear type culture. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, after I had my neck done, you know, I, I was like, wow, man, you know, my, my thumbs from mountain biking, you know, uh, really yeah. hurt uh, after a while. You know, you're too young for this. But, you know, with that <laughs> holding on to that uh, handlebar really puts some some stress on them. Maybe if I was a better mountain biker, I wouldn't have that. But, you know, it, uh, and so I was like, man, can you do anything about my thumbs? And, you know, Dr. Lewis, I call him Jamie, but Dr. Lewis just, yeah, uh, yeah sure. Let's hit that. And my hip started going, you know, pro- having problems. He hit that. I had golfer's elbow. I did that one on myself um, because I could reach that one. Um, I don't recommend <laughs> that for <laughs> just. <laughs> Just for mere mortals, but uh, um, yeah, and you know, each of those areas has worked very well on. Now, um, uh, results may vary, uh, you know, past you know whatever that uh, lawyer stuff I'm supposed to say because um, (laughs) it's new and emerging field field. Yeah, Um, and uh, there are. You know, wide varieties of conditions, uh, wide varieties of uh, general health that people have, general health, uh, health of their stem cells, and things like that. So there's always, um, you know, variability in outcomes. But just go to the Regenics webpage and look at their their outcome charts. They they go out to six years, six years, and that's in people like for you know knee arthritis. 
and you get it when you're 60, you think that when you're 66, your knee is going to be feeling better or worse. Well, you know, the, the studies are, show that you feel better after a single treatment uh, on average. Not everybody. I mean, some people it's zero, some people it's 100%. But the long-term data is is um, very encouraging um, for these types of treatments. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Premium Center for Regenerative Medicine and Stem Cell Therapy in the Northwest. Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Get back to the activities that you love without needing surgery. You can book your appointment at nwc4rm.com. Again, that's nwc 4rm.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness Supplements. You can head over to rareplanethealth.com to get your supplements. My personal favorite is the premium fish oil filled with omega-3s. Again, you can go to rareplanethealth.com and get the supplements that you most need to support your health and wellness today. Lastly, this podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness. Rare Wellness is located on the South Hill in Spokane and is one center that provides all the wellness tools that you could need. Whether you're looking for a hands-on, premium, intimate yoga studio with a therapeutic emphasis, bar classes, Tai Chi classes, if you're looking for skincare treatments, injectable, hydrofacial, microneedling, organic spa treatments, if you're wanting to get therapeutic massaged or book functional medicine appointments to get down to the root cause of your inflammation, Rare Wellness is the place for you. Whatever your wellness needs are, they have it covered. So to book your appointment today, go to rarewellness.com. Again, go to rarewellness.com and mention this podcast for 10% off when you're booking. Okay, time to get back to the episode. And you face that same risk regardless of whether you do surgery or regenics or whatever. Like there's there's always multiple variables that go into it and different outcomes. Do you feel like if it works too well, some of these insurance companies or medical companies are not going to be happy about it? Because it's going to be mm. taking away from the amount of patients that are in surgery centers. And do you think that's going to affect how much, how many people actually get access to this? Ooh, conspiracies. Um, <laughs> not, not the insurance companies, you know, uh, yeah. they, if it, you know, would save them money within their time frame that they're looking at, they're more than happy. But the vast majority of people that get knee replacements are uh, in Medicare age range. So what advantage do they have to pay for something that's you know, much less expensive than a knee replacement, but still um, an expense to prevent a knee replacement that they never would have had to pay for, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, the thing that you, you could see, and there's been a question in a lot of people's minds as far as, um, Ooh, I feel a little uncomfortable just even talking about this, but as okay. what is in a lot of people's minds in the regenerative space is the publication bias where, mm -hmm. um, you know, who, who gets, uh, into, you know, JAMA, who gets into these big prestigious, um, you know, journals with their research mm -hmm. projects. Um, and you know, uh, uh, also hospital-based systems with the Affordable Care Act, there was a big kind of boost to the hospital systems, both in reimbursement that you get if you did it within a hospital. Um, and also that, that has kind of allowed these hospital systems to start gobbling up all the um, uh, primary care places. Um, and uh, so they, they have these huge networks now, and you see that in just about every 
every um, uh, every city, uh, you'll start to have a lot of mergers, and they get to be bigger and bigger. You know, uh, I was in St. Louis for a while, and the um, uh, Barnes Jewish Hospital joined up with the Baptist uh, Hospital, and you know, and then uh, they were against the the Catholic hospital, and then you had another for-profit hospital, but then they all just started merging, and, and then you had the university system, and you know, now I'm in uh, the Pacific Northwest in Portland on the other side, in the Vancouver, Washington, and we had the Adventist hospital system that joined with the university system, and then there was a, another s a system called Legacy, and they also just recently joined up with the Adventist system, and so you have these huge organizations that are hospital-based and they make a lot of money off of orthopedic surgery and, and neurosurgery mm -hmm. um and the uh you know i'm not saying that, that you know there's anything to that but you know there is always these little subtle biases that happen when a lot of money is coming in so well, and for for people listening as well, like, and I'm not saying this either way, but these are important questions to be asking ourselves. I know you mentioned earlier, like when we're looking at publications, like who's funding them or when we're right. looking at studies, like who's funding them. Yeah. I mean, like you look, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Like in publications, I mean, you know, Stryker and a lot of the orthopedic device companies are, you know, buying ads and, uh, you know, the uh, drug companies are, you know, strongly funding these different, uh, you know, publications. And so if you're going to come out with something that's, you know, not a drug, not a surgery, not an implant, you know, and it's going to make people spend less money in the long run. Yeah. You know, what's from a what's business the, perspective, why promote it? Yeah, What's the incentive? You know, not saying there's anything nefarious, but people respond to incentives, even if it's subconscious. So it doesn't need to be a, you know, a direct conspiracy. Oh, we're going to get those guys, but you know, um, you know, there's always, you know, any, anytime something's a, a new and emerging field, there's always a level of skepticism and that's very good. That's a very warranted skepticism. Anytime that there's a new and emerging field, there's always uh, skepticism and that's warranted skepticism. Yeah, everything needs to be proven and sussed out. Um, and so if you are an established entity that's been doing the same basic treatments and the same basic, you know, research articles for 20, 30, 40, I mean, knee replacement has been around for 50, 60 years, um, you know, uh, and, you know, what incentive do you have to really uh, change course? Um, you're both doing everything that's within the, the, the quote unquote standard within the guidelines, and you're making a ton of money doing it. You know, why would you be out there looking for other alternatives? So as the consumer who's making my decision for healthcare, what I'm learning is that there's there's so much to consider. And sometimes just looking at what insurance covers, just looking at what at first glance might be recommended or seem like the best options, there is so much more to calculate when looking into these decisions. And insurance companies do not always have your best interest, your best health and interest in mind when it comes to these things. So Dr. Grattan, I guess like when it comes to 
deciding what to do and especially the financial piece, like, do you have any advice for people when they're making their decisions? Um, you know, make a, uh, make a budget, make a plan that um, I am going to do, you know, this much exercise, eat this type of food, um, you know, get enough sleep and spend money on your own health so that you don't have to uh, spend money in the future. You know, consider it an investment. Yeah. And unfortunately, nowadays we have to consider our, our insurance as kind of a sunk cost that we're not really going to get much out of that, unfortunately, except of course, it's wonderful when we have, you know, significant injuries, car accidents, things like that. Um, but as far as your uh, general health, your health span, you know, improving your overall function, um, you know, that's unfortunately now up to us. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, ways that you can start uh, thinking about budgeting, because everyone is eventually going to you know, fall apart and you're going to eventually have that uh, decision of, do I need a knee replacement? Do I need a back surgery? Do I need a neck surgery? Um, I better start, you know, saving for the time off that's going to be needed. Um, and, you know, on average, Americans spend $3,000 a year eating out, $3,000 a year on entertainment. Uh, so can you start, you know, um, picking away at some of those things and, you know, diverting that over to, you know, a healthy entertainment, um, you know, finding joy in the exercise. Um, you know, finding joy and, you know, eating right and sleeping a lot, not a lot, mm -hmm. uh, eight hours is, <laughs> is ideal. If you do find yourself sleeping for that nine to 10 hours consistently, then you really should get checked for sleep apnea. Mm. Which we have an episode out about guys. We have two episodes on sleep. So go back through the archives no, and look at those, but <laughs> sleep is so important and it's just becoming, you know, more and more, uh, more and more information about how important it is. It maintains your hormone levels, increases growth hormone, uh, improves your ability to um, uh, make wise choices, uh, improves your cognition, decreases cravings. Uh, I mean, if this uh, if sleep came in a pill, it would be a you know multi multi billion dollar pill. Um, but everyone has access to it. Shut off your device, go to bed. You can yeah. always watch. You, you can always uh, tweet in the morning or Instagram, you yes. know, just if you really wanted to watch that video, just set a, set an alarm for, you know, 20 minutes earlier yes. and then think, eh, maybe I didn't really need to watch that video. I'm not as excited about watching it first thing in the morning. At 6 a.m. in the morning. No. Yeah. And, and not ending up doom scrolling for hours on end. Yeah. Um, and it's also crazy because as um, I get to, I have the privilege of, interviewing and talking to different experts in their respective field. Honestly, it doesn't matter what area of health we talk about or who we interview, regardless of what the subject at matter is related to health and well-being. Sleep is always, always, always one of the solutions. So talking about transitioning from this to a practical tip for people listening to this episode, Dr. Grattan, if someone after listening to all of this only goes and takes one thing away, what would that be? Explore all your options before you decide to have surgery. 
really weigh the pros and cons um, and also look at the outcomes. Uh, you know, for the past 15 years, my clinic's been, you know, full of various people that still have pain after knee replacement, shoulder replacement, hip replacement, you know, um, and the studies bear that out. So uh, these aren't, you know, risk-free, cost-free things just because your insurance covers it. Thank you, Dr. Gratton, so much for sharing that and for all the other wisdom that you were able to share throughout this episode. I personally learned so much and I feel like this is a topic that we just don't talk about enough. Um, if people want to learn more about regenerative medicine or book a consultation, where can they find you? Yeah, um, going through the regenerative, uh, going through Regenics, um, picking the Vancouver location, uh, or uh, Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Check the podcast description, um, and that'll have the phone number uh, that you can call and, and schedule. I also do telehealth. Uh, if you want to just, uh, you know, chat about your situation and have me go over the imaging, um, I would still uh, want at some point to see you in person and evaluate the joint or spine um, with a physical examination. But there's a lot of information I can get with a, a telehealth appointment. Um, and we can just talk about your options. Awesome. So guys, be sure to check that description and um, book an appointment if you're needing surgery or you're feeling pain and you want to learn what your options are. Be sure to check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast today. Um, I Before we go, I just wanted to remind you guys to find us at Rare Wellness Podcast on Instagram and leave us your questions and also leave us a review, whether you're listening to this on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen, we're there. Share us with a friend so that we can continue to give you guys free knowledge from the experts. And we'll see you guys next time on the Rare Wellness Podcast. Dr. Gratton, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a delight. Thank you. Yeah. Stay thriving, guys. Bye.